You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, it is message board season uh, at Illini Inquirer. <laughs> a basketball off season, and I kind of use those uh, that word u- loosely, as we have learned the last few years. This is uh, this is about as crazy of a time uh, as any in the calendar on the college basketball calendar. But also, our traffic is insane. Like it, it is insane the interest that happens this time of year. But this off season, I don't know if it'll be as crazy as last off season with three coaches leaving. Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn making decisions. Adam Miller transferring. Kofi Coburn entering the transfer portal, and then ultimately deciding to come back. Uh, that that was as crazy as it gets. Derek, uh, are you expecting as crazy of one this off season? It, it might be busier actually, which sounds crazy. <laughs> It'll be busier. Can we avoid less crazy? I mean, I mean, or not avoid less crazy. I just put that out there in the existence. Maybe we will be <laughs> as crazy as last year. That was a lot to figure out who's going to be on Radderwood's staff, let alone the roster. So I think the staff's in a pretty good spot in terms of being in place. Uh, there are going to be some roster decisions, both on the current roster and then who you're going to go out and get in the transfer portal. But as we know, with the current environment, Uh, It's pretty much free agency out there. There's a lot of moving pieces. Uh, The portal's as big as ever, bigger names than than usual because of the the free player movement and everything. And then, of course, you have uh, players making draft decisions as well, and and a big one with Kofi Coburn coming up next month in terms of what he's going to decide to do. But uh, it is a a crazy time of year. It's fun, I know, for a lot of fans to try to piece together the ideal roster and and have a different look and try to get Illinois basketball back to – being in a, a spot to compete for a Big Ten title. But for those of us that need to know stuff about it, information, it is it's a little stressful, but uh, it's part of the job. It's what we do, and uh, we certainly appreciate all those that follow along. Yeah, this is uh, – I, I didn't even introduce ourselves. It's the Illini Inquirer podcast, Jeremy Warner, Tarek Piper. But I know people just want us to dive into this. We're going to dive into on this podcast – Who's gone? Who could return? Decisions that are coming up. Uh, and, and guys who could look for a different opportunity, obviously, but also the potential addition. So we'll break down all of that, including uh, one Sky Clark, a five-star guard who Illinois is, is clearly in deep on here. So we'll go over all of that, Derek. But, I mean, college basketball now kind of – looks like a professional league with all the movement, right? I mean, probably even more movement given that all of these guys can transfer. It's basically one-year deals for all of these guys. And I can understand why some fans don't like that, right? Like part of the fun of of watching my White Sox is seeing these guys develop and you know you're going to have them for a while, right? Uh, College basketball, you could sign a guy and he's gone the next year. Uh, Two years in, you might look for a different opportunity. But you also have the upside of, hey, if you lose those guys, you can upgrade pretty quickly here. So what do you think, just as a, as a college basketball fan, as, as someone who covers the sport, what this is now uh, in, in college athletics? Because it is pro-like, but in other ways, you don't have a four-year contract with somebody. It's it's basically a bunch of one-year deals. Yeah, I think that for a team like Illinois, where you are done a lot of winning here recently, I, I think it's – you notice even the way that Brad talks about it, I think there's a lot of – course there's going to be some angst about certain guys you don't want to lose but you feel confident as a winning program that can go out there and pursue you know high level talent and be able to restock and reload and move some pieces around but uh, it's it's madness it's it's really really crazy now you throw NIL in there it, it really does feel like a professional league in terms of I know that there are the rules of not talking about specific you know NIL money or, or facilitating those deals on the team side we just know that uh, a lot of that's out there, and, and that now is part of the deal where guys can, in the middle of a, a four-year scholarship, look for somewhere else and, and be thinking about making money at, at a certain place versus another. So uh, it, it's really changed, but uh, I don't know. I was on the side of I, I didn't love the the one-time transfer because of some of uh, just going away from sticking with the process. And if a, a player as a freshman doesn't get the minutes they want right away or, or they face adversity, maybe they leave. And, and then that 
kind of hurts. At, you know, even Underwood talks about trying to be a developmental program and trying to have guys stick around. I know that uh, those that are frustrated probably say, well, how am I going to – why do I care about recruiting when I can get excited about them signing and then they come here for a year and they're leaving and there's, there's, there's not a whole lot of, you know, continuity, loyalty, whatever you want to call it. But uh, it is – it is exciting in terms of the, the moving pieces and, and who you could potentially add. And uh, I think Illinois is in a fine spot. If you were towards the bottom of the league and didn't have a whole lot of appeal, maybe you have a player that's another team wants and he leaves and then you're kind of stuck there. So I think from an Illinois standpoint, you should be fine with it. It's just, it, it is a lot to follow and to, to be able to navigate, especially losing players you don't want to lose. I think that's the hardest part of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've had surprises each year, right? I mean, I didn't expect Adam Miller uh, to transfer. I didn't expect Alan Griffin to transfer. And it, it's a shame because I, I really like watching those guys and they were very talented players. That certainly could happen again this year. And we'll, we'll dive into it, Derek. But I, I do think, you know, if you want to take a grain of salt with uh, every signing day uh, of those prospects, probably got to consider that half of those guys aren't going to end their careers at, at that school, which it's kind of been the case for a couple of years now, but I think we know um, that that's probably the case. But it also means you can still land an Iowa DeSumo, who's really important for your program for three years, or Kofi Coburn, who's really important for your program uh, for three years, or or a guy like R.J. Melendez, who could be incredibly important to this program moving forward. But let's talk, Derek, about who's gone, who could return, and who we're unsure about. Um, gone are definitely Trent Frazier, Alfonso Plummer, DeMonte Williams, three guys who all left their imprint on this program. I mean, Alfonso Plummer is the upside uh, of what Illinois can do in the transfer portal here, right? And then Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams, amazingly, given the, the coaching change, given their role change, are guys who stick with this program for five years. So, well, I, I think you can upgrade. Certainly, you want to get bigger, more athletic, more versatile at guard. Um, that is clear watching these NCAA tournament, right? Right, These teams who are in here, you know, teams like Texas Tech who made a run or Houston who made a run. It's clear Illinois was small in the backcourt, and Trent Frazier and Alfonso Plummer were part of that. But they're also a part of, of why they were dangerous midway through the season, why they were able to get a, a four seed. Uh, and then DeMonte Williams, we, we know we've talked about how important they were, but those are three really important role players you have to replace in the transfer portal. Yeah, there are three guys that at one time were starters. You know, for a moment there, DeMonte coming off the bench a little bit, but uh, the way that Plummer asserted himself as being uh, a starting sniper that's going to really light it up from three and, and great value being able to bring him in, and that is one of those – the other side of the transfer portal is being able to, to covet a guy like that. I know that he had defensive lapses and – and, and that was something that was certainly able to be exploited. And his size, his lack thereof, was something that uh, was a weakness uh, from Illinois defensively. But that collection of three guys, Brad spent a lot of time early on in his tenure talking about trying to get old and stay old. Uh, when they finally got to the latter years of Trent Frazier, DeMonte, bringing in an older guy like Plummer, uh, that was something that brought a lot of value. Uh, and obviously, I mean, Trent Frazier's defense, we know that De DeMonte defensively was very versatile, tough and strong. And uh, Trent's scoring ability, I think that you're that's going to be a tough one to replace, uh, and especially in terms of Trent. Uh, and then you just look at that collection of, of just guys that have been in a lot of battles, played a lot of college basketball games. And uh, you talk about your culture, you talk about just doing the right things, being in the right spots, not making as many mistakes. Uh, that's something that you certainly look at from particularly Trent and DeMonte, and then you know that Plummer was a good shooter. So uh, I, you make a great point. You, you do see some of those other teams in the, in the NCAA of, of bigger bigger guards, bigger backcourts, more athletic. I mean, you saw the way Kansas defended Miami uh, yesterday. I mean, Miami's a, a, a more slight backcourt, and, and they couldn't get anything going once they shut down McGusky. So uh, I know Illinois would like to get more athletic and bigger in the backcourt, but yeah, I wouldn't – I don't think people are just, you know, happily waving those guys along and saying uh, let, let's let's change the guard here but um, those guys gave you a lot and now you got to be able to replace some of those and those were uh, definitely impact guys who, who certainly contributed a lot all right then I put two guys in the pro or no uh, category here Piper Kofi Coburn and Jacob Grandison 
I, I think we've all considered Jacob Grandison to be gone, uh, that after five years of college, he would like to move on uh, and, and pursue his professional opportunities just because, hey, at some point you want to move on with life, right? Now, Kofi Coburn's got a similar decision to make. We know that one could be uh, bigger. But what do you think of, of Jacob Grandison? Um, could he return for a sixth season? He, they certainly missed him, uh, a healthy Jacob Grandison late in the season. And uh, I think he'd be great to get back if you're able to get him. I, I've just considered going through senior night, given, knowing Jake, uh, it, it just seems like that would be maybe the right time for him to move on with his life, but uh, also could be a guy who, who could make some money off NIL. So what, what do you think of the potential of, of Jacob Grandison returning or not? I know they'd like him back. I know that they're discussing potential just benefits of coming back for another year. The fact of not getting to end it the way that he wanted to with his shoulder injury. Also a guy that is certainly um, a marketable player, someone that is the fan base is very familiar with and, and could get some NIL potential there. I think that if he were to move on, he's going to be able to play pro somewhere. I mean, he's, yeah. he's talented enough to play somewhere professionally um, so I think that's something that he's going to have to weigh. I think I don't know if he's turned 24 quite yet, but I think by the end of this semester he'll be 24 years old. So that's kind of where I'm with you. We we thought even going into the season, you know, while he'd have one more year of eligibility, you could imagine him wanting to move on from college. I think he would have completed another degree by the end of this semester. So uh, that might be something that he's weighing if he just wants to get out of college, become a professional basketball player, go overseas. Uh, versus maybe deciding to come back for one more go and and trying to just continue to improve his stock. Now he's not going to be a guy that's going to play in the NBA. I don't think you're going to talk about hey you could you could get into that kind of a realm. But um, yeah, I think that some some NIL money, uh, a chance to to write the story a little bit better towards the end and go on a NCAA tournament run if he's interested in doing that. I know that they it wasn't necessarily a a newfound thought that oh Grandison's pretty important to us down the stretch but it was amplified and really put there uh, in front of you know everybody whether it was the fan base the staff uh that the way that he can can feed the post the way that he passes the way that he stretches the floor uh, he's got a lot of value as a veteran I know they would definitely welcome him back and, and we'll try to get him back as they have these conversations with him. Yeah, and, and you think of just getting back a double-digit score. What that mean for a team that loses so many of them? We, we've discussed the Kofi Coburn thing so much here, Derek. Uh, I wrote a story about it with the Illini Guardians certainly ready to pounce if Kofi Coburn considers coming back. He wants to go pro. He has said that everybody of his level wants to go pro, but we know he's a special case in that his NBA stock is not as high, uh, as, as good as he is as a college basketball player, the dominant force that he is. Um, so we'll see. I mean, he's going to go through this process, but it's a sped up one this year. It's an earlier deadline, late April. Uh, so we should know in a month whether he decides to come back to college or not. I would hope he doesn't enter the transfer portal again this time. But um, he's got a big decision to make because it, it is all financial. Here, here for Kofi, right? I mean, it's, it's a financial risk-reward for him of if he wants to go pro, he could make a million dollars if he's in the NBA, uh, like Io DeSumo. That's the minimum in the NBA. If he's a two-way player, you're making $493,000. That's pretty good money, right? I think he'd go if he knew he'd get a two-way contract, but that's not a guarantee. If he's a G League player, you're making 50000 maybe, right? If you're an overseas player, you might be making six figures. If he comes back to Illinois, I, I, people can throw around numbers. I don't think half a million is ridiculous. Can he get a million? I don't know. Some people think that might be difficult, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for someone as important as he is, as good as he is, to, to make something like that. So uh, this going to be a fascinating decision for Kofi Coburn. What do you think? It really will be. Uh, I think you, you put it there. I'm in this agreement with you. I think that matching an NBA contract would be a challenge for the the, the donor collection and those that would be involved in, in NIL deals and everything for him. Plus, if he gets uh, the NBA contract, he's going to the NBA. Like, he'd rather yes. go to the NBA and make a million dollars and stay in college and make a million dollars. Yes, and, and thank you for saying that. <laughs> that is certainly def, definitely important to consider there. Uh, the two-way contract is an interesting thought. I, I do think that Illinois – uh, and talking to some people could get to the the half a million in terms of what people think he could ultimately make, and and then of course 
uh, you just never really know. I'd be curious, and I don't know if we'll, we'll get the number, what he ultimately made this past year. Uh, but now you're going to have some examples of, you know, you went through a year of NIL, and this is what you're able to, to come up with. And I know the Illini Guardians are, are hoping to just, you know, drum up more interest and more involvement from the from the alumni base. And I think that, that is something that's very interesting to consider. I agree with you that it's a financial decision. It's also maybe just a lifestyle decision. If he wants to be a college student again, uh, if he feels like he's accomplished all he can accomplish in college. And I think that there is something also to be said for the fact of a guy maybe just going to say, hey, I've, I've spent three years in college. I'm ready to battle myself. I'm ready to be a pro basketball player, just be basketball all the time and not do the school part or just and, and try to make that run at the NBA or, or whatever it might be. I think that, I mean, that's obviously his goal. Uh, it was just kind of interesting how the league views him. And I think another thing to consider is he can't go through the combine again this year. Like the fact that he's already entered and withdrawn twice, now he has to decide by that April 24th date of entering again or just completely staying out. So while he could still have the communication with the league and get that feedback uh, based on what they saw from him this past year, he can't show up. And I know he didn't even get to go to the NBA combine last year's or the G League combine. He can't do that. So that's a little bit different. And it's it's an intriguing part of the process where I think that ideally he'd want to be able to go to the NBA Combine, sit down and have individual meetings with teams and really get the best gauge. But there might just be a pride thing. Like also, like he might just say, you know, I, I know there's doubters out there, but I'm ready just to go prove them wrong and end up in the NBA. Look, they, they maybe undervalued Io and look at how he's doing. Um, or maybe he's maybe he's content and says, "Hey, I, I'm not rushing that process. I'm going to get to have my payday in professional basketball coming up. Why not take a big one in Illinois and cement, as we talked about, and like you said, cement the legacy, be the all-time leading scorer, all-time leading rebounder, down the, and down the list. So that, that it's an interesting uh, decision for him to make, and, and one that thankfully we'll have here uh, within the next month." Yeah, and it's a great it's a great thing to have. And, and NIL allows Illinois to even have a chance to bring him back and to try and sell him on making hundreds of thousands of dollars in college as the face of college. I mean, he would be probably the national player of the year front runner going into the season. Um, so that'd be crazy. And and, and for anyone who's having the discussion of oh, are we ready to move on from Kofi? Get out of here. Get get out of here. Listen, you can get more versatile. You can want to run more. I'd rather have 25-plus minutes of Kofi Coburn than not, okay? I think that's much better for the Illinois basketball program, and I would uh, most certainly like him back if he decides to come back. All right, moving on from that, Derek. I think these guys we feel pretty confident would return. Um, Dane Danger obviously just got here, so I don't see him going back in the portal sitting out of here to go somewhere else. Luke Goody seems pretty all in uh, on Illinois. Uh, and RJ Melendez, man, he'll have a star role next year. Uh, I, I think Brandon Podjimski, the other freshman, uh, probably depends on who they add here, what what his playing role will be. But those guys, I would feel, are, are, are pretty, I'd be pretty confident in, in those guys returning. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that, like you said, with Dane, he, he just got here, and the fact of whether he's going to back up Kofi next year or, or this upcoming year if Kofi's going to leave there's a huge opportunity for him then to be your starting five man uh, and they certainly like him a lot I know again there, there's a lot of those talks about Omar Payne last offseason so you got to wait and see how it plays out but a guy that was uh, very talented in high school they're working on his body they, they like some of the strides he's made here of late and yeah I mean he just showed up at Illinois that <laughs> yeah let that process play out and he's going to put on the uniform and be able to play here this upcoming season and then like you said, with Luke, I think that he's certainly all in and he's been hanging out. I think that him and RJ were, were back in Luke's stomping grounds at Fort Wayne, Indiana here in the last week or so and uh, getting some shots up and working out together. And those guys seem like they're they're very solid with Illinois. And uh, I mean, coming off that tournament game against Houston, I, I think it showed uh, certainly their potential and RJ really in particular, getting that role and having it grow down the stretch. And I know the appendectomy kind of took away some of that momentum, but it should be clear to him that he can be one of the better players on next year's team, regardless of how some of these transfer things shake out. He's got a, a big future, and Luke's going to be a valuable role piece uh, as long as he's in an Illini uniform as well. Uh, with Brandon, I, I think that it is going to be about what what role he ultimately wants and how he sees next season playing out. 
they have a, a big appetite for guard help as they approach this offseason. That includes Sky Clark. That includes the transfer portal. And as that kind of shakes out here, you know, what is he ultimately trying to get out of next season? Does he want to be, uh, you know, guaranteed a certain amount of, of minutes? Or, or can he be a little bit more patient and be willing to, to work for it at Illinois? So uh, I know that he's a guy that is putting in a lot of work and credit to him for, for going through the process and, and being ready when called upon, even though that wasn't that, that many times this past season. Uh, and then that'll just kind of be a conversation that him and the staff are going to have to have and will be, uh, will be interesting. Wouldn't be a shock if he decided to go after a bigger opportunity, but at the same time, I know he's been pretty, pretty loyal to Illinois yeah. uh, as well. Yeah, Pajimski, I can imagine, is it, it, the way he played defense and rebounded a little bit in the small sample we saw. Uh, and we know he can shoot it from his time at Wisconsin. That's a guy who can find a role, but he's going to have more competition uh, clearly coming in. So it's not going to be just, oh, you're a starter now. Uh, RJ Melendez, I, I would think you would agree, Derek, he can be one of those guys who makes a huge sophomore leap, like from 3.8 points per game to to double digits. Um I don't know if, if our friend Isaac Trotter has it with uh, Jaden Ivey, quite top five pick, but I can see him being uh, an NBA prospect by, by the end of next year, given what we saw in those glimpses. It's just now, how does he handle that role? How does he handle being a go-to guy? And, and Danger's obviously going to play a role on next year's team is, is something different. Uh, and then Goody, I, I just feel like he's going to be a, a key player for them for, for years to come. Maybe not the star, but uh, you feel good about those guys moving forward. I got these guys under a midlife decision, kind of two, three years into their Illini careers. What are they doing next? I, I think there's two guys we need to talk about more than the other two. Um, Brandon Lieb, is, is his next step at Illinois? Or is it somewhere else that he wants to get playing time? Kind of the same thing Jermaine Hamlin did. Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk. I think he showed a lot of good things. It's just, is he going to have a big role at a team like Illinois where his lack of length you know, kind of harms him? He's so good defensively, such a good passer, but he just struggles to score at this level. Does he decide to go to a different level or just want to kind of happy with his role here? Um, and then let's get into the main two. One guy I'd be more surprised than the other, but Andre Corbello clearly did not have the year he wanted. Uh, I don't think any of us could blame him if he just wanted to get a reset, uh, given what Illinois is bringing in at guard. But we also know he is so talented that I still think he's got star potential. Uh, if he wants to stick it out here at Illinois, I thought he played great defense. But the offense was atrocious this year, Derek. There, there's no way of going around that. The the shooting numbers, including the rim, at the rim, were awful this year. He had only just, what, six more assists than turnovers this year. We saw how much that took a toll on him this year. And the last game certainly did not leave a good taste in your mouth uh, with 26 minutes. So... That's a guy with a big decision to make, and, and I don't think I could blame him for, for either way. I'd, I'd love to see him stick it out, overcome all those things, and show what people were so excited about a year ago at this time, but I'd also understand if he, if he wants a fresh start elsewhere. Absolutely. I think that even a lot of fans that ultimately want what's best for the program want what's best for Andre, too. They, they want him to get back to being himself both on and off the court, and I know that he's been through a lot, and that's something that – He's going to have to consider, and I, there's there's talk also of you know I, I don't think that if he does leave, the fan base should have to wear that. I know that there are a faction out there that have been taking it too far and have been way too critical on, on Twitter, and I don't know why. And you've said it uh, a bajillion times why you at you include the player in the at on Twitter, uh, but really it's it's just does he want a fresh start? Uh, does he want to to go somewhere else? And whether that's going to be in college, I think that's probably his best route because ultimately he does want to play in the NBA. Uh, if he ended up wanting to go close to home and play in like the Puerto Rican League, would that be a shock? Be a I, I don't star think there. so. Be a star yeah. there, right? I, I wouldn't be shocked by that ultimately. Um, yeah, he, he didn't play very well offensively. We talked about it. Uh, defensively, he did a lot of good things and he had his moments offensively, but he just never got in the rhythm. Uh, I, I think that He's got to what no matter what his next step is, he's got to mature in the way he approaches the game and pick his spots. And I know he's flashy. I know he even talked about it in Pittsburgh. Of I'm a high risk player. That's just how I play, and you got to live with some of that. But uh, I think that there's parts of that with and coupled with his jump shot needing to get better to where he can really play the type of basketball that he can. But I think that if he were back at Illinois, you could 
sit there and say, look at the final stretch of his freshman year and give him a full off season and hit. I mean, you could even hit the reset button in Illinois, I think yeah. mentally, and just put that, that last stretch of the last season to bed and, and try to just refocus, understand what type of player he can be. Uh, but yeah, I think that if he were wanting to, to go to a, a different place and, and just kind of fully reset, you'd certainly understand it. But uh, I'm with you. I think that he still has loads of potential. I don't think that this past year showed you, you know, any, anything that, you know, freshman year was a fluke or anything. It just, it didn't go well. He was put in a tough spot and uh, he, he's got some things to work on, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't sell all my Curbelo stock. I just, I, I think there's some things that he needs to be able to, to come to terms with and adjust. And it's going to be an interesting decision, but I, I think I'm leaning more towards probably him not being back. I think that he yeah. probably will move on ultimately as we sit here today. Yeah, there's there's always the off-season hype, Derek, that a lot of us struggle to buy into, whether it's Omar Payne hitting 15-footers or uh, Mark Smith being Jason Kidd, um, Austin Hutcherson being NBA pro. It's like, okay, I need to see those things before I really buy into them. But everything we heard from the off-season, whether it was – from Illinois or from like NBA scouts was that Andre Cabello was the best player on the floor. Um, I, so I still believe that he can be a very good college player. I don't know if that'll be at Illinois, but um, man, I'd, I'd love to see him uh, get back to that. And I do think he could do it at Illinois. I, I, I have empathy for him. Uh, so I, so I hope it works out for him regardless of where he goes. All right. Coleman Hawkins. I, I think the table is set for this kid. I, I, I don't know if he's going to be the best player or RJ Melendez is going to be the best player or if Kofi comes back and he's the best player, but Coleman Hawkins can be like a fulcrum of this Illinois offense could be the best defensive player they have. I just think the last two years he's stuck with the process. He's overcome some adversity, especially this past year and turned himself into one of their best players down the stretch. Like it was Kofi Coburn and then Coleman Hawkins for me as the best players for this team uh, during the, the final stretch of the season for the most part. So I think if he comes back, I think I've always kind of compared his game to DJ Wilson. DJ Wilson made a huge leap uh, at Michigan between his sophomore and junior years, and then he became uh, an all Big Ten caliber player. I think that's in front of Coleman Hawkins. So I think he should come back. Like, it, it just like you've done the process to this point. I don't understand why he wouldn't. Uh, Adam Miller shocked me, but I kind of understood that a little bit more because Andre Corbello was going to be this high usage point guard. Was he going to have the role he wanted? I still thought Adam Miller should have stayed here, but Coleman Hawkins w would make less sense to me uh, if he left. So I, I hope he comes back. He's had some social media activity that's had a lot of Illinois things. So I don't know, Derek. Like I, I just feel like I put him in this category. I felt like you know going into the NCAA tournament, I'd have him almost certain to return. But you never know with some of these things. You never know. And a lot of fans are hoping he's not an Alan Griffin or an Adam Miller in terms of guys that had really carved out roles or at least shown you that for the future, they're going to be big pieces for Illinois basketball going forward. And, and like you said, he's he went through the tough part of it. And I know that him and Brad butted heads, I think is probably yeah. fair to say. I mean, uh, just kind of having – Brad tried to get the most out of him, and, and even some of those exchanges on the sidelines, you could tell there was friction there. Uh, but at the same time, I think that ultimately it, you could say that some of that was good for Coleman. I, I think yeah. that uh, it, it got Coleman to a good spot in terms of uh, being able to understand and not make some of these mistakes, but also uh, Brad's always been very positive about the upside that Coleman has, and he played him a ton down the stretch. I, I know that part of it was Jake Granison's injury, where he got some of those starts. But I think in the last seven or eight games, he was playing like 25 minutes a game. Uh, he had really clicked in to playing more efficient basketball. He was shooting probably 50% or a little bit above there. We know his defensive upside, what he did against Keegan Murray. And I fully agree with you. He's now set the table to where he comes back next year. He'd be a no-doubt starter. He'd be a guy that could be an all-league player. He just has that all a lot of tools and he still hasn't shot the ball up to his capabilities, I think, when you look back at what he was as a shooter in high school. So if he could work on that more, yeah, work on his body a little bit more, there, there's all the, the potential for him to be an all-league guy, ultimately an NBA guy. And he's towards the top of the list of guys you don't want to lose. And I think that if fans were asked and polled, would you rather if – you, if you're going to lose one, Curbelo or Hawkins, I think that people would probably say we want to keep Hawkins if, if we had to make that choice. 
Yeah, and I don't disagree with him. As, as much as uh, I still believe Curbelo can turn it around, you can more easily replace Curbelo, I think, right? Given that you have Jade Nepp, Sincere Harris, you're in on some transfer guards we're going to talk about here. Sky Clark is a possibility. Coleman Hawkins, yeah, you can go find one in the portal. I don't know if you're going to find one as good uh, or as just perfectly fit. So I think Coleman Hawkins would be a big loss if they lost them. But I also think... I wouldn't understand it a lot if he left because, listen, Brad is hard on him. Like Brad is really hard on him, but it's also a good sign if you're Coleman that Brad is hard on you because he thinks the world of his potential. Like he, like Brad always says it in press conference. Like he can be elite uh, at defense. He can be great uh, on offense. So I think Brad Underwood sees the world in him. And yeah, I mean, he's going to get yelled at more if he returns to Illinois, but I think it will work out well for both of them uh, if he decides to return. Two more guys I haven't mentioned yet. Two guys that could look for different opportunities. Um, Austin Hutcherson, been here three years, played four games. I just don't know if Illinois can rely on, on bringing back a guy that's already gotten his allotment of scholarship. And, and listen, he, he wants to go play somewhere, right, if he's if he's healthy and has the chance. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him go elsewhere for his final year of eligibility. The wild card here is Omar Payne. You almost feel bad for the guy because he you know, decided to come here because Kofi was going to be gone. Kofi comes back, and Omar Payne just never got into a rhythm and, and just never looked great. Uh, showed some flashes with his, his athleticism, his length, but just too many fouls, too many turnovers. Uh, and, and now you bring in Dane Danger. Coleman Hawkins looks like the better five at this point at the, at the college level. He'd have to sit out a year, though, Derek. That, that's why it's kind of crazy. But if Kofi decides to leave, I could see Omar Payne coming back, and I, I could see him being valuable, but he's got to find he's got to find it, man. <laughs> like it, just, it, was, it was a tough year watching him. It definitely was. I know that you were hoping and you knew that he was – a former top 50 prospect with a lot of athletic potential that you could work on his game a little bit and, and have him take a, a leap from where he was at Florida, even with Kofi coming back because Omar to that point hadn't been a starter. He'd been a role piece that was really just a, a rim runner to catch lobs and play defense, but he had a worse year at Illinois this past year than he did the previous year at Florida. And I, I know that some of the role was different than what he expected. He was sold on, you know, Kofi, there's a good chance he's going to stay in the draft. I mean, it, w- it wasn't really a, a lie because Kofi intended on staying in the draft until the very last moment. Uh, but, yeah, I think it is interesting because as you add Dane Danger to the mix, Kofi having the chance to come back, even if he doesn't, I think they'll be active and trying to go get another big man. The, the big chunk of playing time that he's looking for probably isn't in Illinois. Is he going to be willing, though, to sit out somewhere else and really – you know, push that thing down the line. I think that will be interesting for him. If he does leave, maybe that changed the decision from a Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk because now there's a little bit more of a role. But I still think, as you were saying, he's probably a better fit at a, a mid-major where he's not just facing the the huge athletic front lines that he struggles to score against. So uh, on Omar's front, yeah, he, he, j- he hasn't played a whole lot. Uh, and that's going to be interesting to see. And with Hutcherson, yeah, I think – You've had him here for a handful of years. just hasn't worked out, and you feel bad for him because you know that uh, say what you want about what you saw in the season, whether you liked the potential or you saw him struggle and you you didn't really believe it. It just hasn't worked out, and and I think it's it's best for him probably to move on where that's going to be. He's probably going to need to go to college. I don't think he's shown enough to play professional yet, but uh, you hope he can just stay healthy and wherever that ultimately is, but it's probably not going to be at Illinois. Yeah, one thing with Omar, like he needed to be just a better basketball IQ defensively this year, um, for especially for a junior. But the one thing you feel for him didn't get as many Andre Curbelo lobs as he should have, right? Like that did, that right. just that would have worked. It feels like offensively a little bit for him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Derek, let's talk about the potential additions that Illinois could have. And before we get into the transfer portal, let's talk about the five-star guard. I mean, five-star guard. I mean, five-star in general. Illinois has not landed here in the internet era. Uh, It's been D. Brown was the last one, uh, and that was two decades ago. Sky Clark, he's a four-star at 24-7 sports, but number 27. Uh, He's a a five-star in the composite, barely above that 90, but really talented guard, former Kentucky commit uh, and signee, got released from his national letter of intent, suffered an ACL tear, still coming back from that. But clearly, Derek, six foot three, 200 pounds, really skilled, really dynamic at guard. Illinois, just visit him in home, Brad Underwood and Tim Anderson, feels like they're a major player here so what do you see moving forward in this recruitment and what could sky clark add to illinois immediately yeah it's going to start boiling down here i know these his team mount verde's got geico nationals coming up this week towards the end of the week and uh it's been said here you know on the stretch of this month that probably after geico he'll really get into decision mode maybe take a couple of visits i know there are a couple of a dead periods i think it will end April 8th, and then you got eval periods. I mean, AAU is earlier, so navigating all that and be able to find the right times to get on campus, although he is very familiar already with Tim Anderson having the fact that he was committed to DePaul in eighth grade among, along with Amari Bailey back then, and then ultimately opened things back up, ends up in Kentucky. Uh, but now uh, the Tim Anderson relationship is certainly a big deal in terms of the appeal for Illinois. Brad Underwood and Tim getting FaceTime with the family and with him and the in-home visit this past week is a good thing. I know that other staffs have been down there. Washington is involved. Louisville is involved. Uh, Overtime Elite is trying to, to see what they can do as well. So that's an option on the table. But uh, in terms of what he could bring, six foot three, could play on or off the ball. I think that in terms of probably that he's a combo guard, but I'd, I'd see probably a two guard is probably the best. It's probably his primary. Could then slide to the one. Uh, can shoot it very smooth with his game, good passer, good feel. Uh, he, he's got a lot to like. And, and as he continues to rehab and, and get back some of that, that that pop in his legs, I think you'll see that he's a pretty good athlete as well. So uh, coming off the ACL, uh, that was a challenge for him. But uh, you're not going to deny his talent. And like you talked about, I mean, it shows where he's ranked. And uh, that would be a huge piece with already a really nice duo of guards with Jaden Epps, with Sincere Harris, uh, and then you, you rope Ty Rogers in there in the mix as well. Tim Anderson can attract <laughs> talent, man. He's got a lot of connections and, and a lot of recruiting chops. And uh, this would be yet another big one if they're able to pull that one off. Derek, I was going to ask you, how does he compliment? How is he different than Jaden Epps or Sincere Harris for both the short and long term? I think Sincere is, you know, six foot four, probably uh, a rangier athlete in, in terms of that ultimately probably a three and D guy. Uh, and then he's he's going to play certainly off the ball, can do some things. As a, the thing you like about all three of those guys is one thing that's been limited out of Illinois recently is just multiple guys can make play off the bounce. Yeah. I think that all three are capable of doing that. Uh, it, in terms, I don't know about you know sliding sincere to the one in, in college, or you can do it with Sky, but if you have Epps probably on the ball primarily – then those other guys off the ball can also create, can also do some things and get their own shot. So that's been lacking here recently. That's one thing that all three of those guys can do. Epps is that bucket getter, uh, probably a little bit more explosion. He's he's definitely can can really get off the bounce and change pace. And, and when he wants to get there, uh, he can get in the lane. It has the strength to finish and uh, has a really, really good deep range jump shot i know that as he continues to get more consistency he's been a high volume guy so far uh but as that consistency comes he's he's going to be a big time big time scorer uh clark can certainly score as well i I just think he's probably more that smooth guard uh that can can do a lot of different things uh so having him with size he's he's a little bit bigger than than apps at six foot three uh to have apps at six one big bodied 
uh, at that spot strong. And then you have Clark 6'3 and Sincere Harris 6'4. That's certainly a, a trio that works together. All right, Derek, they're also looking at some big transfer guards slash wings. Let's break down some of those. But it's clear this is a need after what you just went through, right? Like, you did not have the the big guards to go rebound, to defend, to be versatile defensively. And then, as you said, to to finish at the rim. Uh, Illinois just didn't really have an option to do that outside of their front court. So let's talk about these names. And the biggest one is a Chicago native. Uh, they recruited him really hard uh, his first time around as he came out of IMG Academy, uh, where he spent his last year. Terrence Shannon, Texas Tech transfer, enters his name basically as they're getting on the plane home from the Elite Eight. Um, just kind of an ideal fit, right? He's already played three years, has two years of eligibility, probably only one more that he would play, I would imagine, before going pro. But talk about Tim Anderson, right? He got a commitment out of him at DePaul at the time. Uh, then he opened it up and, and decides to go to Texas Tech. Uh, why is Terrence Shannon atop their transfer kind of target here? It's just been something they're missing. And I know that you look at R.J. Melendez as an athletic wing that, that brings some of the things athletically and lengthwise that you haven't had a whole lot of, but – Talk about a big guard. Talk about a two-way guy. That's been a lot. That's been a big narrative throughout the season. Of in the offseason, we really want a a big veteran guard that can make a two-way impact. And Terrence Shan's a high flyer. He's a guy that certainly can be versatile defensively. He's got a lot of ability there. Uh, you look at you know six six two fifteen. This past year, ten and a half points. He shot a career high thirty eight percent from three, so that's certainly encouraging. He's really trying to just take the next step, I think, in terms of his pro potential. And I think that Illinois is going to try to player development closer to home, certainly, as well as mom still lives in Chicago. Um, and I know he was banged up a little bit this year. He missed a handful of games with back spasms early and, and had a knee thing. So uh, he's trying to take in his final year, what he's probably looking at his final year in college, is truly you know, make that next ascension into a no-doubt NBA draft prospect. But uh, for Illinois – yeah, you know that you've had good guards, smaller guards, uh, and you are bringing in some more size of this class, but he'd be a guy that you could slot in probably at that three spot, could play the two, uh, and have RJ be a three, four guy as well. He could help you play fast. He could help you defend. He could help you shoot the three. He could go to the rim and finish. There's just a lot to like there. And and to have kind of a hometown sell, and like you were talking about, I and mean, they, they recruited him hard out of – out of high school when he was at Lincoln Park and then ultimately reclassed and went for a post-grad year at IMG, he'd be an ideal fit, just kind of what they've been looking for uh, to defend. I mean, how many times did we talk about big guards hurting them, uh, you know, this past year in terms of, you know, Illinois not having that guy defensively that could shut them down. I, I would have loved to see Shan try to guard Malachi Branham or Jalen Pickett, those type of guys that, that hurt Illinois. He's, He's got a lot of athleticism, length, and size, and that's certainly something they're going to covet and and would love to have. Yeah, Terrence Shannon was basically like a sixth man for for that Texas Tech team, and he still averaged double-digit points. Uh, Defensively, I think we know what he brings. Not a strong rebounder, which is interesting given that he's 6'6", 215, really, really athletic, but a high-flyer finisher, Derek. Shot 51% from two, 38.5% from three. Uh, so he's got a versatile offensive game. Is, is he a guy that, that's good enough to be like the go-to scorer uh, on the wing for Illinois next year? Do you think he's got that in his game in his next season? I think that's something that maybe they could try to get out of him. I, I don't know that he would be an Io DeSumo. I don't think he'd be kind of that really go-to, you know, everything runs through him type of player. I, I think that as a – he could be a pro, you know a primary scorer for sure. I just think that he's probably more suited off the ball. You could run some stuff through him. You could you could put him in some ball screen. Uh, you'd love to just really get him going in transition. You'd like to be able to kick it out to him and have him get open three point looks and and really you know maybe it's a an Epps drive to the lane. You kick it out and then there's an opening down the lane for him to slash and drive. He's he's more of a slasher. Uh, but he, he's not kind of that – he's not going to be the ball in his hands every possession type of guy, but can he I, could be – Can I give you a comp? Yeah, go ahead. How about not senior year? Not senior year, because it was one of the best years in Illinois history that kind of gets overlooked. Junior year, Luther Head. 
Okay. Does that make sense? 11 points per game. Like he was 11 points per game, shot 35% from three. But I'm just yeah. like, Luther's smaller. Terrence is bigger uh, than him. But I'm just trying to make a comp for people that, like, this is what he could be. Because Luther wasn't the guy with the ball in his hands that created everything. But if you have those other guys, he could be a really, really good piece. Yeah, I certainly like that. A, a guy that's going to get going transition-wise. Yeah, the, that three-point mark is is around that ballpark for sure. And then I think that you'd hope for another season that he can even improve on that, maybe get closer to that to that forty percent range. I don't. He was a he was a prolific scorer back in high school, and I think that you're going to continue to try to get more out of him there. Uh, but you really just love you love his defense. You love just kind of the overall package that he brings. Uh, but he could. He's definitely going to be a double-digit scorer and one of your best players if he were to come in next year. All right, another exciting guy was a All-SEC freshman team guy, Brandon Murray. Uh, not that other guard from LSU that we're having on this list, but uh, Brandon Murray, LSU freshman, averaged uh, 10 points per game as a freshman. Another big-bodied guard here, Derek. Uh, what would Brandon Murray bring? And the, the key with him, right, is three years of eligibility left. Uh, and, and I do want to mention – Brandon Murray and Terrence Shannon are going to have a lot of a lot of great options. I know Kentucky's been mentioned with both those guys, but what would Brandon Murray bring to Illinois? On a similar note, big guard, two-way impact. He's more the big and physical. Like you look how strong he was for a freshman already at two fifteen, and he was he was built and and able to to get into you as a defender, uh, a pretty good athlete. Uh, and to play 31 minutes a game on an NCAA tournament team at LSU as a freshman, uh, certainly he earned a lot of trust there uh, with Will Wade and, and was an impact player. I know that efficiency-wise, I mean, you'll take usually for a true freshman playing that many minutes, and he shot 43% from the field, 33 to 34% from three. Those are decent numbers. There were some times I was going back through some clips. There were some ugly possessions where – you know, he maybe took a bad shot or, or down the stretch of his SEC season, didn't shoot the three as well as he did earlier in the year. I mean, that's kind of characteristic of a freshman, but a guy that was a top 100 guard out of high school, someone that Chester Frazier offered at Virginia Tech and has a relationship with being that he's a Baltimore native. Uh, so that's certainly a connection there. But like you said, I mean, he's getting some high level looks uh, in terms of high majors as well. Georgetown is one to watch as well because his lead recruiter, who was an assistant in LSU, uh, his name now is it Kevin Nickelberry? I think yeah. went to not, Georgetown. Not Nickelback, Nickelberry. Oh, that's right, Nickelberry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's now at Georgetown uh, as an assistant, so you have the connection there. Uh, but Illinois has been in to see him. They have Chester, who ha- has a previous relationship. But again, it's just getting bigger, more athletic at guard, and, and certainly bringing a, a two-way impact that would be desirable he's he's not a, a go-to scorer he's kind of more that that role player offensively uh, but I think that you can get more out of him in terms of more efficiency with his shot uh, as a spot-up shooter and then a guy that can can go to the rim finish through contact and, and be a good athlete yeah and Chester's had some interesting tweets so far this offseason during the NCAA tournament about guard play it's, it's all about guard play and Illinois did not have it towards the end of the season right I mean Frazier was around 20% shooting during the postseason games. Plummer, 24%. And Curbelo, 11%, right? And and, and a a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. So, uh, clearly, they know their guard play has to improve. Another one they're looking at, Derek, Antonio Reeves. um, A kid out of Simeon who had a great career at Illinois State. This is where you feel bad for the Illinois States of the world. There's a coaching change here. Our guy, Ryan Peden, former Illini staffer, now the head coach there. It would be nice if he can bring him back, but when you have good players at that level, they're probably going to move on to a higher level at some point. He's receiving a ton of interest after averaging 20 points per game last year. He was 19th in Division One. A lanky kid, a little skinny, but obviously a very talented scorer. I would imagine Shannon Murray, those power five guys are atop the list, but makes sense if they're looking for, for guards who can score, who can come in and play right away. Antonio Reeves makes sense. Yeah, 20-point per game score. who shot 38 39% from three this past year. So he's very offensively talented, can do some stuff off the dribble. You see pull-up games, he'd be going to the rim, a guy that can finish athletically around the basket. So there's a lot to like offensively with his game. I think that you look into their his defensive numbers, not the best, and the fact that he is a little bit slight. I think that's another thing that you consider, especially going to a physical league in the Big Ten. Uh, one thing – 
sometimes you, you try to dive in defensive analytics and if your team just stinks defensively, sometimes that will just maybe put a stink on you as well in terms of what your numbers are. Illinois State, like 251st defensive efficiency. But I think that it's it's clear that Shannon Murray would be higher priorities than than Reeves. I know he's had a ton of schools reach out. Illinois is one of those that have been mentioned. Uh, it's interesting. I'm going back into the, the way back machine. I remember Reeves visiting John Gross era. Yeah. It was really early. You had Marquise Jacobs, Namari Burnett, Chris Payton, and Antonio Reeves was one of those guys. Really wasn't a highly rated prospect. I think a, maybe a three-star out of, out of high school that ends up at Illinois State, but uh, he's going to be at high major level somewhere. It's just, will it be the home state Illinois? Um, offensively, there's a lot to like, but you, you do always wonder about the transition because the previous guys were talking proven high major players. This guy's going to make a jump from the valley up, but offensively, lots of like, and then you just wonder maybe a little bit defensively, just maybe with his build, what that looks like. Now, the other need we're talking about a lot here, Derek, uh, would be post. But that really depends on the decisions of, of Kofi Coburn, Coleman Hawkins, you know, Benjamin Wassman's Verdonk, Omar Payne. Like, if all those guys decide to come back, you're probably not going to add another guy. But if Kofi decides to move on, uh, Illinois does need another big, but it'd be a very different big, right? Like, Dane Danges is kind of this big guy, but uh, very skilled. A different player than Kofi could stretch you out a little bit more when he's hitting shots like he did as a high school prospect. Coleman Hawkins could give you versatility at the five, but is undersized. Um, you certainly could use somebody with more size. That's why Benjamin Bossman's Verdon could be an interesting fit with those guys. But they're looking at somebody like Missouri's Trayvon Brazil, who had his best game of the season, I think, against Illinois. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 6 blocks, and Underwood was raving about him after the game. Just like a freshman in his like fourth game at that time. Uh, he hits the transfer portal with Quanzo Martin gone. I love his game. Uh, and whether it's with Hawkins or not, like... I think he could play with Hawkins, give Illinois so much more versatility, great defensively, obviously with all that length, but also can shoot the rock a little bit, 11 for 33 from three this past year. I love his game, uh, but again, a kid with offers from everywhere else, interest from everywhere else, but man, I, whether it's with Hawkins or not, like I think he'd be a fantastic get for whoever gets him. He was like the one guy in Missouri that belonged on the floor that night in bragging rights. You know, I just completely demolished them. But, yeah, as a freshman to have the type of year that he did, just the, even just the flashes, I know that I mean, there's going to be some moments of you're not going to be the most efficient player, and there were some times where his jump shot was lacking. But he did, to your point, prove that he can shoot the threesome, that he has some offensive versatility. He can definitely elevate and play above the rim. He can defend. He can – with his – Mobility to be able to switch on the different guys and also protect the rim. I think that it's not, I agree with you, it's not dependent on Coleman Hawkins' decision. I think it would be easier to sell him on definite, clear-cut starting role at the four. Um, and that's if Coleman were to move on. I think that, that would show him a, a definite role there. I mean, he's, he would have a role on the team for sure, but there would be some some competitive balance of who's going to have the starting spot between him and Coleman and that whole kind of deal, especially if Kofi comes back. But I certainly understand the interest from Illinois. He's got interest from a lot of people. Uh, and like you said, Brad Underwood wasn't too shy about loving what he would bring, but that just further, I know we talk about bigger perimeter and, and being able to defend and be more athletic, but also a, a more athletic front line is something that certainly can, can help you defend certain things different ways and also uh, bigs that can stretch the floor really opens it up for your guards and yeah I know that you look at like you said different pieces than Kofi because there's not a lot of Kofi's out there uh, but I know that the staff loved kind of the different dynamic of Dane is a is a different piece is maybe a little bit more undersized as a five that can stretch it and be skilled Omar is the rim runner shot blocker who's not the player that that we've seen in terms of quite yet that ultimately they wanted then you have the the stretch four that could play a five in Coleman so kind of just different pieces and I think that as you look at the big man market they will look at some of those as well yeah and even if Kofi comes back like I, I think to make him even more effective if he could play less than 30 minutes a game and if you need a change up right they didn't really have a change up for a lot of their stuff this year if you can have a change up you know, like you did kind of late in the year with Coleman sometimes at the five I think that's really important once you get into postseason play 
All right, Derek, before I think we covered the options we know about, there will be more that come along as the offseason goes along. And, of course, we'll react to all of it uh, here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. But this is both an exciting and a nerve-wracking time if you follow Illinois basketball and are a big fan. What do you think this staff's overall goal is? Does the NCAA tournament lack of success the last two years change what they want to do moving forward? Or what do you think is the overall goal of this offseason um, knowing that maybe you only have three or four guys you feel comfortable are, are coming back, but also you got a lot of great options out there. I think towards the top of the list is get the big fellow back. That, that's a big goal for them to be able to convince him to go one more run and, and try to come back. Not that they would completely panic if he decided to say, hey, I'm going professional, and, and that they would have some options and be able to – to covet some some big man talent as well. Because if he comes back, Derek, they're winning twenty plus games, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're making the NCAA tournament easily, right? Like, twenty plus games, definitely in the tournament. Probably again in the top five of the Big Ten. I mean, you would have to, based on the changing of the guard in the backcourt, be able to get production, maybe even out of some younger guys, but also some transfers as well. But as we've discussed with the different options, uh, especially and Shannon and Murray and that kind of whole mold is just to get more more versatile, more athletic, bigger on the perimeter, uh, and not, as they've been shown here, watching teams that advance in the tournament or, or teams that have given them problems. That's just been kind of a storyline, is not having some bigger guards, not having more athletic. And you could even make that knock on just kind of the Big Ten in general. I think athleticism is something that has hurt them and maybe just – versatility especially maybe in the front court where you see these these lumbering bigs that look are, are very productive and again back on if, if you think Illinois is better with Kofi I mean there's been a lot of already memes of the the Will Smith the Chris Rock slap like it should be if you think Illinois is better with Kofi the hand to the face uh right yeah, there so. without, without him yeah like I just I can't I, yes, well, yes yes you need like and I get it like Big Ten coaches, you have to recruit some of these lumbering bigs because going against Zach Eady, you're going against Kofi Coburn, you're going against Hunter Dickens. Like you need somebody that can go up against them. But I am interested, Derek, to find out if you know the Big Ten regular season is such a grind, and you need those guys who can just give you such a high a high floor in this league. Because how do these guys get extended? Right? How do you get contract extended? It's, it's being competitive in the Big Ten and making NCAA tournaments, and then obviously at some point you got to win there. Turgeon was there for, you know, what, 15, 10, 15 years or whatever, and, and he was fired because he didn't win enough NCAA tournament games. But he got 10-plus years because he was so good uh, in the Big Ten and getting the NCAA tournament year after year. Um, so for a guy like Matt Painter, you're not going to change up too much, right? But you might make some tweaks yeah. of, hey, if we want to succeed in the NCAA tournament – maybe we need to add a little bit more versatility here. And I would imagine that's what Brad Underwood is doing now. It's like, hey, we've gotten the most out of what we've had. And look how far we've taken this program. Our next step is looking more like that Big 12 team that, that just made the yes. Elite Eight or looking more like that SEC or ACC team that might have struggled at times this season, but towards the end of the postseason, they were just more talented than the other teams. I mean, the four teams we have left are pretty dang talented. Very talented. I mean, you can even look at Houston. And what they had that just kind of gave you some issues with athleticism and length and and, and guys that could could stretch the floor. So uh, yeah, I think that more versatility, more athleticism is the goal. And in terms of the particular needs, it will depend on certain roster decisions that that be are made on your own roster. Like if you lose Curbelo, you definitely I think even getting Sky Clark will want a veteran point guard to be able to come in and, and complement some of those younger pieces in the backcourt. Of course. Coleman, you're going to want to stretch four. If you lose Kofi, you're going to need a five-man. But just being able to have those answers based on how some of that th those things shake out. But ultimately, another thing, you know, Chester's been tweeting about guard plays, also been tweeting about switchable defenses, like having guards that are just perimeter players, especially one through four, that can switch on the perimeter and guard different guys and uh, and that not be an issue for, for teams. So Illinois, I think that being able to – versatility also goes not only offensively but defensively as well and I think they want to play faster I think they will and, and if especially if Kofi's moving on you're going to see a team that's going to want to play really fast and and we know Brad Underwood's pretty aggressive in his in his history defensively I think he'd like to be more aggressive defensively and now that depends on Kofi and I'm not going to complain about Kofi and his defensive impact because it's huge uh he was he's unbelievable defensively but that'll be uh very very interesting 
to watch. Well, well Derek Piper, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. We, we will cover all of it at alotofinquire.com. You're going to have more in-depth breakdowns of some of the transfer targets coming up. But uh, buckle up, right? That, that's what we do in the offseason, just bu- buckle up and, and try to enjoy the ride. I think the one thing you can take solace in, Illinois has been very good. They have, they have a good sell, as good of a sell as they have had in a long time. And Brad Underwood and his staff have been able, whether it's this staff or the previous staff, have put together very good rosters. So there's some solace in the fact that the staff's pretty good and the program has been very good and has a good sell. Absolutely. A lot of appeal with Illinois basketball. You've got a staff that's proven they can go out and covet talent. If you do get Kofi back, like we said, I mean, your floor is so high already. And some of these guys you're already in on. You're already bringing in a good class in terms of freshmen. If you're able to get Sky Clark, you know, just kind of, oh, by the way, a five-star guard that might go with three other top 100 players. Like that kind of shows where Illinois basketball is at in terms of the type of guys that they can get. And Brad Underwood, for not having the NCAA tournament run that everybody wants, has still won a ton of games, is a very good coach. And uh, you're you're in a pretty good spot. And I a lot of people that, that follow us are excited about this time of year, about yeah. just the possibilities just – are very intriguing and very exciting. Uh, I understand some angst about, again, losing some guys that you might not want to if that ultimately happens. But uh, this is a eventful time of year, a fun time of year. And uh, those of us to cover, let's just try to survive it and, and also try to have some fun too. Uh, we, I had to mention one more thing. We haven't mentioned him enough. You talk about switchability defensively. Ty Rogers, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I think he's going to be yeah. pretty good uh, on that defensive side of the ball. All right, for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, a rating, and review wherever you get our podcasts. And stay tuned to everything Illini basketball at IlliniEnquirer.com. And don't forget, if you want a VIP membership, $1 for your first month. Uh, until next time, everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We will chat to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.